Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? This is Ari Principe here for Fast the Human. And today, we have an awesome interview. Today, we have a transformation interview. Um, very excited about asking this young lady. Um, I want to introduce uh, Nicole Haedo. Uh, hopefully, I'm not missing out your last name, Nicole. No, uh, it's uh, Haedo. Haedo. Okay. Um, so, Nicole, I, I saw your Instagram and your transformation. And I know that... Um, you've been doing this for some time how long from the moment you started your journey and uh if you want to you know kind of introduce yourself to the audience um i actually started this journey many years ago i'd say probably about 10 years ago um mm -hmm. made some good progress but then kind of fell off the map i maintained for a while um and then i actually injured my back when I was working as a personal trainer yeah, and kind of fell off the map from there and it snowballed and I gained more weight than I had originally lost. Yeah. But it's been about a year since I've been back on track and this is the most consistent I've ever been. And this time it just feels different. It's it completely different than when you, when you started your journey back 10 years ago then. Absolutely. Um, So let me ask you a question. So as a trainer, because I'm a fitness instructor and a trainer myself, um, we we gone, yeah, we have gone through that kind of sort of um, ups and downs. And so uh, that back injury, um, how do you feel now compared to when you're, you know, back in the days when you started it 10 years ago? Um, I think my biggest difference now is I'm taking nutrition seriously. I yeah. think people are under the impression that you can outwork out a poor diet. And yeah. I've definitely learned from the, you know, a couple of years that I was doing it and my weight was mostly consistent, you know, up and down within 20 pounds. But I was, I was working out up to three, four times a day, um, just trying to work out my bad diet basically. And yeah. this time I've been able to work out a lot less have some you know more personal time yeah. because my diet is in check yeah it's, it's 100 i can definitely relate that with you because i have that a struggle i was trying to upward my my bad diet myself and that happened back in uh kind of sort of like back in 2017 because i started my journey back in 2010 um just about um, about the same time 10 years of a, a completely different journey And I think that the, one of the things we try to do is try to do that, try to kind of overcome with much more activity that can be possibly do in a daily basis and just overall go to this roller coaster that, you, that seems like you can't stop. It's like you're, you're kind of sort of like, oh, well, if I have this particular amount of calories, I'm going to take care of it when I'm working out. Exactly. <laughs> um, quick question. So um, how long have you been a trainer? Um, I got certified as a personal trainer back in 2014. Um, I don't, my certification did lapse, uh, but I was recertified when I was working for a gym. Um, but luckily I did attain all that knowledge and experience. And um, for me being a personal trainer, I unfortunately was in an environment that was unhealthy for me as far as the company that I worked for, unfortunately. Yeah. That's where my 
um, stepping out of my journey kind of started was working there. So I think for anyone who is going through a fitness journey and wants to be a personal trainer, wants to do something in the industry, making sure that you're in a good, healthy uh, position is the best thing for you. Cause that kind of pushed me away from wanting to work out, wanting to be part of um, the fitness community was because of an unhealthy environment that I was in. And so now that I've removed myself from that environment, I think that's helped me a lot more as I can focus on myself and I'm not having to worry about negative outside factors. But as far as clients, yeah. that that to me was amazing, working with people and trying to help people on their journey. That I absolutely loved and that I do miss 100%. That's absolutely true. That environment has to do a lot with it. I mean, I, you can be the best trainer. You can be positive mindset, have a positive attitude. You have changed a lot of behaviors. But I think the environment has to do a lot with it. And trust me, I do understand that because I worked with a company for several years. And in those several years that I worked with, it seemed like more based upon not caring about the customer, not caring about the, the person that was coming to the gym to be able to see, all, for them to see the results they were looking for. And that exactly what you what you meant by is that to care about that person who is coming with it with the mindset of, I want to change this in my life. I want changes in my body. I want different things. And that definitely I can relate with. Um, uh, quick question. When you uh, jump into keto, when did that keto came about? I know that you mentioned it before when um, we talk. Um, I actually, so I started this journey. I want to say it was the very beginning of April. And I went into it with the mindset of, I'm going to count my calories and I'm going to try and keep my carbs low. Mm -hmm. Um, And then one of my closest friends was over and she had been doing keto for a while. She started talking to me about it. And I realized that I was pretty close to being keto. I just needed to get my net carbs a little bit lower. Um, I just decided, hey, let's try this, see how it goes. And Mm -hmm. loved it. It was the best structure uh for me personally i've tried different fat diets and things like that but this was something that kept me accountable where i still had there there's so many options with keto now because it's so big there's different keto alternatives there's so many keto recipes there's cookbooks everything like that where you can still feel like you're eating you know quote unquote normally but you you you're still seeing results and I'm the type of person that needs to have some kind of regimen to keep me in check, but I still need that freedom to have dessert or have some kind of pasta or pizza or whatever it may be. Yeah. And um, with my back injury, we actually found out that I have arthritis in my back. So from the time my injury till about four days into keto, um, I had back pain all day, every day. I threw five to 10 ice packs a day. And I'm talking those like industrial strength, lunchbox ice packs that last for hours. So I'd be at work and I'd have an ice pack on my back at all times. Um, I couldn't be away from it. I'd be home on the couch with an ice pack. I'd go to bed with an ice pack. If I went to a friend's house or to a party or anything like that, I'd have to bring ice packs with me. Like it was a, it was a running joke that Nicole would just leave her ice packs in everyone's freezers. Um, But about four days into keto, I started to notice I didn't really need my ice packs anymore, which was the first for me in uh, about three years. And so I started doing some research because I was shocked because I'd never seen these results. I had gone through physical therapy. I had uh, eight different injections in my back that didn't work. 
And I came to find out that keto is anti-inflammatory, which I didn't know at the time. And pretty much ever since then, um, I have nearly the back issues that I used to have. I rarely ever use ice packs now. I can function like a normal person. I mean, before I do dishes for 10 minutes and my back would be unbearable in pain. So to me, yeah. that's kept me on track with keto and my diet more than anything is being able to live my life again where simple things were difficult before. And now because of this anti-inflammatory diet, I feel like myself again. Yeah. And that's one of the benefits about getting into that ketosis because of the fact that you're utilizing, you know, the specific amount of, um, you know, fats and, and, and actual protein with fats and the combination and very low carbs and, or try to minimize the carbs per se. And uh, because one of the things that I like to present to all my audience is the fact that everybody's different and you have to kind of go into that journey with an open mind that, hey, you know, uh, let's see what, how this works out and let's give it a time be patient about it and and overall the main idea is to just be around people that are doing the same thing i mean your friend help you out and obviously you know kind of sort of like work your way there and to be able to find out a little bit more and the benefits out of it you know because a lot of things that i i tell a lot of people say look i do intermittent fasting and but you know i do extended fasting and i do this specific things but yeah again it's, it has to be in a process where you can you're going to jump in and you're going to have to work it towards, towards that process. It's not easy, but it's doable. Right. Yeah. So um, have you seen with people they ha- you have uh, spoke to uh, as far as, you know, um, people that are following you and they see the transformation? Um, I There's a lot of people that I was shocked have reached out to me on um, Instagram and I'm in a couple keto groups on Facebook. And um, hearing people say that my journey is inspiring them or my journey is making them want to start their own journey. Yeah. Especially on days where I'm not feeling the greatest about myself or my weight's fluctuating or I'm just not seeing the results that I want to. The fact that I'm inspiring or helping motivate somebody else, it, it completely shifts your mood. You know, I may be staying where I am right now and I'm kind of kind of at a plateau you know very close to my goal weight but knowing that I'm inspiring someone else helps keep me on track so I I love when people reach out and it's crazy to think that what I'm doing may positively affect somebody else which makes it even more worth it quick question what is the common myth about keto and can you debunk about keto Um, a lot of people think that keto is not sustainable And as far as medically, whether it's sustainable or not, there's not that much research out there right now, unfortunately, just because it is so new that we don't know the long-term effects 10 years from now. Um, But as far as sustainability for my personal health and my personal ability to do it, um, I was having some health issues earlier in the year and I had to go to the doctor and have a bunch of blood work done, which I hadn't done in years before I obviously started this journey again. And all of my levels were exactly where they should be. And a lot of people seem to doubt my health. You know, they're like, oh, I see that you're losing weight, but I bet you're extremely unhealthy. I bet your cholesterol is high. You know, I bet your iron or whatever is off, but um, I, everything came back great, which I'm sure the weight loss itself contributed to it, but 
all of my levels are where they should be. So, and I've been doing this for a year, a little over a year now. And health wise, I'm doing 10 times better than I was before. So I think that uh, there are a lot of misconceptions about keto and people think that it's just good for weight loss. But like I said, it's great for people with arthritis, um, a lot of other medical issues. And I think that as long as you're cognizant of issues that may arise and that you are going to regular physicals and things like that, you can keep things in check. And I know cholesterol is an issue for a lot of people. Um, I myself am a vegetarian, so that kind of helps. But I also try to like supplement instead of doing whole eggs all the time, I'll do egg beaters to try and help keep my cholesterol in check, things like that. So just kind of being aware of issues that may come up with keto and yeah. making adjustments to try and make sure that you're healthy. Yeah. Um, what about what you, what you give to someone wanting to enter keto? What advice would I give? Mm -hmm. uh, my advice would be you need to go into it wholeheartedly. I'm not saying you need to all or nothing go straight into keto, but you need to give it an honest chance. You can't expect results in three days. You can't even expect to be in ketosis in three days. Um, yeah. so my best advice is to try it out, give it a couple weeks, see how your body reacts to it. Also to go into it slowly. Um, because of the way I started this journey where I just wanted to do low carb, I was doing low carb for about a week before I went full fledged keto. And I think that helped me avoid what a lot of people have heard about, which is the keto flu. It's basically your body adjusting to the lack of carbs. So I dropped down to about 75-ish net carbs um, a day mm -hmm. before I went into keto. And I think because I had dropped significantly lower than what I was originally intaking, that when I went down to the 25 net carbs that most people do for keto, I didn't get the keto flu. So that helps me a lot. And I know electrolytes are very helpful to avoid keto flu. So that would be my best advice. That first week, drop your carbs, but kind of... Keep them a lot lower than you were before, but don't go all the way into because that may give you negative effects. And especially with everything going on right now, you may want to freak out and think that it's coronavirus, but it's just symptoms of keto. So just ease into it and you'll have a lot better, <laughs> yeah. uh, lot better time with it. Yeah, right. It's like it's like you go into ketosis and your first thing is you're like you get a keto flu and um and 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 that's the first thing you're thinking, oh my god, is something wrong with me? But now yes. it's just your body reacting towards that. Towards right. That and a lot of people will be deterred from continuing doing it because they feel so terrible, but it is very common to have those flu like symptoms the first week. So that's why I think slow and steady to ease into it is the best way to go. Yeah, I can tell you, I can relate with that because when I first did my first, um, I would say like my first extended fasting uh, from 24 hours to 36 and then moving on to, uh, you know, 72 hours, that's kind of sort of a similar feeling, but it was just much more, a little bit more different, more, a little bit more intense. Oh, I can um, imagine. <laughs> and I just, I, you know, I just, I, um, I was telling my wife, I said, listen, I'm going for like three day fasting and I end up doing almost like, uh, almost like four days. And I can feel my body just reacting towards just the whole, you know, autophagy, ketosis, uh, you name it. It's just like the overall feeling of just knowing that my body was just in a process of just utilizing that store fat mm -hmm. and, uh, and just feeling brand new on the following day and just knowing that I'm just going through the whole process. Um, quick question to you is, what do you wish you have known when you first started? 
I wish I had known that slow progress is okay. I think I went into it wanting um, immediate results, which I did get, but I wanted, I wanted to physically see the difference a lot faster than I did. And so I went to some extreme lengths that actually ended up hurting my progress. I dropped my calories way too low, which in the beginning seems like a great idea. And yeah, you do lose a significant amount of weight when you do that. Yeah. Uh, after a couple weeks, your metabolism begins to shut down. And uh, because of that, it took me months to get my metabolism back to where it was before. All because I was basically, you know, I didn't want to wait. So I think yeah. that I think doing too much all at once, people will try to do. And unfortunately, that mindset, a lot of people have, and it will be more detrimental to you long term. Yes, it's absolutely true. And this is one thing it happens with intermittent fasting or fasting. Um, one of the things I tell a lot of people is when it comes down to fasting and or intermittent fasting, you have to progress little by little. Right. Nothing because you know I see a lot of people that do um, the keto diet and they do um, follow the keto books and stuff like that, but they have noticed a huge difference there. The transition from keto to intermittent fasting, or they go from intermittent fasting to keto, and I noticed it amazing results amazing progress and i think that is it something that you're being thinking about or something that you have put in, into your plans of changing their your keto lifestyle um i've pretty much done intermittent fasting since the beginning um mm -hmm. i generally do about an eight hour eating window sometimes less um i usually try to do about six hours um i've been a little bit more lax but I'll do about noon to six, I'm allowed to eat. And then most recently this week, um, I'm sorry, I started last week of doing OMAD. So I'm doing yeah. one meal a day where I eat from 5 to 6 p.m. And yes. then this weekend, I gave myself a little bit more freedom, still only having two meals at most. Yes. Um, but OMAD has been, has been a challenge, not only mentally, but physically. Um, taking in that many calories in such a short span of time, I'm I'm learning and I'm adjusting. Yes. So yeah, it's a uh, 1,200 calories in an hour d doesn't sound like a lot when you're eating Taco Bell, but when <laughs> you're doing keto and everything like yeah. that, you. I was waking up uh, in the middle of the night and I was painfully bloated from the amount of food that I was eating in such a short amount of time. So now I'm starting to eat higher calorie foods so i'm eating less actual volume of food and just higher calories so i'm still getting in my calorie count to not slow down my metabolism but i'm not getting that super painful full bloating feeling that i was before so yeah testing it out this week to see how it goes as far as results and things like that but yeah that's what i learned is just because you can eat a whole bunch of food doesn't mean you should yeah exactly it's true because i learned myself uh, with we all mad is that it, it takes time to kind of sort of like uh, compact sort of like that from the moment you open your window to the moment you close your window because you be uh, all mad can relate from having just four hour window to two hour windows and that all depends you know where it's more comfortable to you and be able to enjoy that meal without kind of sort of like oh my god I only got two hours or three hours no just kind of sort of like uh, preparation is key for everything. Absolutely. I think, and, and, I, and I, 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 I had come to learn myself 
hey, look, you know, if that doesn't happen, doesn't happen. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, because, you know, I do have a family. I have to be able to focus on, you know, the kids, you know, life schedules. And my schedule has completely changed since, you know, this whole pandemic has been happening. And, um, and I try to adjust the schedule with the kids and the schedule with, with doing the things that I need to do in a daily basis. It's, it's, it's kind of compromised a little bit, but at the end of the day, I kind of figured out how to be able to work work around it, you know? Right. Um, so so you're now kind of working your way towards doing all mad. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you give yourself a break on the weekends, which I think is, is very healthy in a sense because a lot of people, they get frustrated by doing so when they have like get-togethers and family and stuff like that. You see yourself kind of sort of like find your your space on that kind of situation? Yeah, I think I think my biggest problem was I I'm an all or nothing type of person. And so when uh-huh. it comes to situations like that, I was beating myself up if I was eating too many calories or if I went over my carbs a little bit. Starting to learn that I've I've had days where I ate keto food, but I sure ate a lot more calories and a lot more carbs than I should have. But I was still eating keto and I've learned I can't beat myself up over things like that. I haven't technically had a cheat meal in since I started this. I haven't gone to Taco Bell. I haven't had a slice of pizza, nothing like that. I've done my keto alternatives and I've had, you know, keto binge days that I'm not too proud of. But at the end of the day, I'm human. And as long as it's a day and I'm still eating keto foods and I can get back on track, that's what really matters. And I think... I think that people think that one day of eating too much or whatever it may be that they've they've ruined all of their progress. And not at all. Not at all. And I think I think you'll go ahead. That's something that I've struggled with personally because that's kind of always been my mindset. And I think that people need to learn to give themselves a little bit of leeway. Even if they gain a little bit of weight, they're not where they started. And you you've got to give yourself some credit. But guys, you know, they also just want to say, you got to see the before and after are absolutely amazing. Uh, but one of the things is, is that exactly, don't be yourself to it. Because at the end of the day, what it matters the most is that you're progressing towards your goal. Every baby step you take, at the end of the day, what matters is that you're you're practicing. This is about pra- being able to Because I look at it this way. I like long-term commitments instead of short-term commitments. And we kind of face that. I face it myself many times when I was trying to jump in um, so quick into like progress and training and so on and so forth and I was like I was beating myself up because all oh, this workout was very challenging but I, I knew there was my previous workout program was more challenging than the other and so I was not I was not letting my body be adjusting to a new program you know and so the same thing with nutrition you know when same thing happens with food intake I think that now I feel much more liberated because I know I can be able to have some specific things out of the stuff that I enjoy and, and love. And so, yeah, I, I can definitely say that people shouldn't beat themselves up for it, you know. And I think that you're doing a great job overall because the journey continues, you know, and and seeing that that everybody's different. Everyone is different. I'm pretty sure you notice that you know, everybody's results from one to the others are completely different, you know? So, quick question to you is, how did this, how did this, how did this 
for you when you got the injury and and now that you have surpassed now is that your feel are your now that your goals are met or that you still going to okay I want to get to something specific um as far as weight loss goals I'm about 15 pounds off from where I want to be um uh-huh. and people will learn once you get that close to your goal the progress slows down exponentially which is very frustrating um mm-hmm. but at the end of the day I'm going to get there eventually. It may take me six months to lose those last 15 pounds, but I'm going to get there eventually. And I'm not even going to remember being where I am now because it's going to be like a blink of an eye. Um, but I also want to work on being able to lift heavier, getting more muscle definition, um, lowering my BMI and just physically and mentally being more so where I want to be and learning to be okay with maintenance. I think maintenance is probably the hardest part of the journey and I think that that's not talked about enough. We think about, you know, how challenging it is to lose weight and to get to your goal, but I'm a very results-driven person and as much as I hate saying I love seeing, you know, the number on the scale go down or my size clothing go down, once I get to my mm-hmm. weight loss goal or my size goal or whatever it may be, I'm not going to see that progress as far as numbers anymore. And yeah. that's a little bit terrifying to me um, because I'm afraid that I'll backslide into old behaviors. But pretty much since yeah. this um, quarantine started for us, it's been a month and I think I'm on week eight of uh, working from home and pretty much not leaving the house. I've, you know, I lost a couple pounds, gained it back, lost. I mean, I've just kind of been in that cycle and I'm learning, yeah. I'm learning how to do maintenance. I'm still eating exactly the same. I'm still working out just as much as I was before the pandemic started and things like that. And it, it gets frustrating to be putting in just as much work and effort to, to not see the numbers, I guess is what it is. But I know that yeah. I'm still maintaining, I'm not gaining weight um, and I'm getting stronger. I can start to see more muscle definition and things like that. And we need to learn that there's more than just numbers and clothing and on the scale that there's strength and maintenance is the hardest part. And people need to, to know that they need to be not to be happy, but that they should pat themselves on the back for it, that that's a huge accomplishment. Well, yeah, trust me. Uh, I think the first week or the second week, the first two weeks of this whole pandemic when it started, because I stopped working in, in March 18, and I decided, I'll say, this is, because I, I got to deal with people face-to-face, all the kind of custom basis, um, regarding doing sales. But then I said to myself, okay, I need to stop and try to figure it out, how I'm going to work this, the whole thing out. It took a while, uh, two weeks for me to be able to say, okay, enough with the news. <laughs> Let me yep. move on to what I need to schedule-wise. Schedule for my kids, a schedule for what I need to do, the podcast, and this. It, it took me some time, but at the end of the day, um, I felt so drained, completely drained out of it, and and it can happen, and uh, you know, and that's just, and that's okay, because you know, yeah, we look at the scale, we look at the numbers, um, you know, and at the end of the day, what matters is is that you're working your way around it, and and not is not gonna be a, you know, success is not a straight line. Success has ups and downs, ups and downs. And the beauty about it, what I found um, for me personally, that with this whole pandemic, it, it, it made me realize to enjoy as much as I can, whatever I can out of the moment. 
And for example, I started playing video games and <laughs> started connecting with people through through what's called Mixer. And so I try to figure something out of my passion of doing things with electronics and computers and stuff like that. And look, little that I know, I found my way back into being much more, you know, self-aware. And and that happens, you know. I think that you're you're on the right path. I mean, you're trying OMAD, which I think that OMAD for some people works better, is much more condensed. But then, then you give yourself a break on the weekends because, hey, it's not going to be all my day every single day, you know? Right. Yeah, I think it's healthy to give yourself a break and cut yourself some slack. <laughs> exactly. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's necessary. Because one of the things is um, for when I've been doing all my, especially when I was VC, I noticed that, you know, I was, you know, just eating that particular one meal of the day. And at the end of the day, when it came out to the weekends, you know, when you have your kids and you got to, you know, kind of go back to that. I was going back to the 16A mainly because on my, on my weekends, I used to sleep longer and I, I do take advantage of the time frame that I had it. But I will say, and I'm going to ask you this, how is sleep has changed for you more than ever? My sleep? Yes. I get some now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I used to wake up at 2.30 in the morning um, and I would be in bed by 7 o'clock. So now I'm allowing myself to sleep till like between 4 and 5, depending on when I have to log on for work. And then I go to bed about 8.30, 9 o'clock. So I'm getting my full eight hours of sleep for the first time in probably a year. So that's been absolutely phenomenal. So physically, I feel a lot better in that way as I'm getting the right amount of sleep, which fuels my workouts, which keeps me okay to not eat until later in the day for my one meal. So that's the one good thing we can take out of this for a lot of people that aren't having, you know, to go to work every day. You get a little bit more time to yourself. You get a little bit more sleep, maybe learn how to cook something new, which I've been doing like crazy <laughs> out of boredom. <laughs> and that happens. And that, that's absolutely like, yeah, a lot of people can relate to that. And this is one of the things when I, when I, when I talk about these transformations and, and, and talking about how we go from point A to point B, it wasn't, it, it's not easy, you know? And this is one of the reasons why I, I bring uh, people that have done these transformations and you, you look back and, and be able to say, hey, you know, I know if I can do, you can do it. But at the same time, there's something in between is the process in which a lot of people uh, you know, then this is what I tell a lot of people. You have to fall in love with the process because that's when the magic happens. It's because you have put all these 120% of work that you didn't see at the beginning, but it has come a long way. Yeah, you, you really know? do. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, this, this is one of the things, you know, when, when people see my before picture, I mean, we're talking about 10 years ago and then my before picture of, of doing uh, intermittent fasting and fasting. I see it's been a process. It's, it didn't happen overnight, you know, um, from learning so many things, um, from from doing, you know, different programs, being instructor, being on this. It's been a process to understand patience more than anything. Because I, I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, and this is the, one of the things is that a lot of people don't want the quick results, then a self gratification of having it right now. And what's happened right now is, uh, is kind of frustrating for some people. 
And I'm glad you mentioned it because, you know, it's, it, it, this is what, what it is, you know? So you're taking, you know, you have to take your time. You have to be able to understand. You got to get that sleep on. Um, I want to ask you this, and this is a little bit of, of out of, of the, the, the fact that we're talking about foods, but uh, what is your favorite spot that you love to go out and eat? Uh, breakfast places. Anywhere that has breakfast, I'm usually good to go and I can find something to eat. Because being a vegetarian, there's really not a whole lot of keto options to go out to eat. Luckily, the um, the Impossible Burger, the Awesome Burger, um, there's another one I can't remember off the top of my head. Those are becoming really big right now. So I can go out and I can get those at restaurants occasionally now. I can do that with, you know, lettuce, bun. Um, sometimes I'll put a fried egg on top of it. Uh, but breakfast yeah. places are the best because then I can get omelets. Anyone else that's not a vegetarian, I mean, a, any kind of burger, steak, get broccoli as a side instead of fries. There's so many options that I think people feel like they're super limited. If you yeah. do research and when I first started keto if we were going out for a friend's birthday or a family member's birthday anything like that i would 100 do my research to figure out okay what are my options when i get there and i think that's the best bet that you have is you know what you can have you know you do your research so that way there aren't any surprises and you feel like you get to enjoy a meal out but you're not actually cheating on your diet so to me preparation is key always with keto Yeah, and actually, absolutely true. It's it's all that, you know, having everything what you need and doing a specific time frame. Um, for me, it's a little different because when it comes down to food, you know, I have two big boys that you know they just pretty much if I don't wash them, they will take tear tear apart whatever I have made. And then like, <laughs> hey, what about dad? What about dad? And he'd be like, oh, but he, he looks like he didn't want to eat most of the stuff. <laughs> so so they take advantage of that. Um. So, favorite spot that you say, what, what's the name of the restaurant and spot that you said that you like to go once again? I mean, it's probably just IHOP, as simple as it sounds. <laughs> I mean, yeah. or Jimmy John's. I know that that's not everywhere, but it's a sandwich place, but they do lettuce and their veggie sub is amazing. And in a lettuce wrap, it's actually not yeah. bad. I enjoy it. And then they've got pickles that I can get instead of uh, chips for a side. So, Those have been real nice and helpful. Quick question. If you if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, one superpower. I think it would be to know what people were really thinking. <laughs> my reader, my reader. <laughs> I think um, a lot of us who go into this journey um, having been overweight, as silly as it sounds, you're you're consumed with what other people think about you. For me, it's not because I, I, you know, I want everyone to like me or I, I need, you know, other people's opinions to validate me. I think it's because in this journey, you don't see what other people see. And I beat myself up a lot and uh, it takes other people telling me, you know, you've made such great progress, you look amazing, things like that. And As much as it's nice to hear, it's so hard to believe when you don't see it for yourself. And sometimes you think people are just being nice. So I feel like if I was a mind reader, 
I could tell that somebody actually genuinely meant those things. And I think that that would help me a lot to see myself, how other people see me. That to me is the biggest challenge on this journey is seeing how far you've come and seeing everything that you've accomplished and seeing yourself for what you, who you truly are and how other people see you because we're our own worst critics. Yeah. And it's, this is, this comes about because, you know, and I can relate with you because, you know, one of the things when I was 220 pounds, you know, I didn't think that, oh my God, I want to, I want to go back to when I used to be like in high school and I, you know, and, but I didn't see myself because, you know, I just had my second child, which is, you know, was a, I was, a, you know, a staying home dad for some time. And I took it seriously because health is your greatest wealth. Um, because one of the things is, yes, it's a particular part of your life where, where you see yourself the way you see and you wish you knew what you know now is that you know that everything is going to be okay that that's the the most important thing that you really look forward that hey it wasn't so bad after after all but you know we, we're still working towards much more because what i see and what i see i know there was a, a process between those two pictures when i see something because i know what it's like there was a process between that uh from training injuries you know bad choices good choices and everything in between there was some stuff going on um, if you were a type of food, what type of food would you be? I would be an avocado because I'm good fat. <laughs> no, I would be an avocado. Um, a everybody loves avocados, and if you don't, you're wrong. Um, and B, <laughs> they're so versatile. It's one of those things yes. that like you look at it and you're like, that's a lot of calories, but they're good calories. It's good fat. You, you've got guacamole. You can use it as a substitute in baking. Um, you can put it in smoothies great on a taco it's great on a burger everybody loves an avocado and you can dress it up to be whatever you want so what kind of avocado do i want to be today that's true 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 that i can definitely read if you were to go to a country what country would you go and you know that you're going to be okay in that country what country am i going to go to i'm going to new zealand like if you were if you would go to a country and you know you you go into the country and you know you're going to be okay if you go there. I'm, I'm sticking with New Zealand. New Zealand? Yeah. I think Why New Zealand? it's beautiful. Um, I am a Lord of the Rings nerd and the whole, uh, <laughs> the whole trilogy was filmed there and it's just absolutely beautiful and all the nature. I feel like I would just, I'd be able to do everything that I wanted to do. I feel like maintaining a healthy lifestyle would be so easy because all I'd want to do is be outside enjoying the beautiful scenery and everybody there just seems so nice and they don't have all the crazy animals that Australia has apparently. So that makes me feel a lot better. Um, but I think just having that beautiful scenery and all that nature just uh, spiritually would be good for me. That's absolutely true. Um, I know that you're a Lord of the Rings uh, fan. I'm a big Star Wars fan today. It's May the 4th, by the way. May the 4th be with you. <laughs> so... <laughs> So just to let you know that yes, uh, we love. Um, I'm, I, this is your favorite movie. Um, what character would you be out of that movie? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Legolas just because uh, he's the most fun. He's kind of just uh, 
he's kind of just doing his own thing. And if you watch the movies, you kind of just see his weird facial expressions in the background <laughs> all the time. Kind yeah. of goofy. So that's kind of who I am. Kind of the goofy okay. person that's always bouncing around. Um, you know what? One of the things about relating to characters of movies that you watch is the beauty about it is that, that you know you have some type of strength, something about that. For example, when I was a little kid, I used to be like, I want to be Luke Skywalker because, you know, that was when I, you know, before the, all these new movies come out. And I wanted to be Luke Skywalker and just going to an adventure of just, you know, hitting all different planets. Um, but that's, that's the beauty about, you know, trying to, um, you know, your mindset uh, more than anything. Have you mind, has your mindset changed completely now that you, your journey has much more of an eye-opening uh, because, you know, science is much more related towards what your goals are and you know you, you can, your body's doing what it's supposed to do. So how do you, how does your mindset completely change now before? Oh, <laughs> I've done a complete 180. Um, just who I am as a person at the core is the same, but how I react to situations is completely different. I feel like before... All I thought about was the way that I looked or the way that other people perceived me. Mm -hmm. And that's the most unhealthy attitude because it shouldn't be how other people perceive you or how other people feel about you. It should be how you feel about yourself. And I think I dwelled too much on my weight and being unhappy about it instead of doing something about it. Yeah. I, I thought there was some miracle cure. And now as much as being overweight for, you know, 30 years of my life was unfortunate and I hated it. I don't think that I would be who I am now had I not gone through that journey. And like you said, the journey between the before and after pictures, people kind of forget about. But to me, the journey was the most satisfying part because of how much it changed me and my perspective and just the knowledge that I've gained that I hope that I can help someone else get there. And that's true. It's so... I can't even explain to you how different you feel going through that journey and how much you appreciate things and just your perspective on life and how it changes mm -hmm. is just completely insane. And I, I honestly, as much as I wish that I wasn't overweight for, you know, 99% of my life, uh, I don't think I would change it. Well, yeah. And this is the thing about loving the process in which, you know, cause I, I, I always tell I always tell the story to my wife, for example, when I came to this country um, back in 1992, I wanted to go back so bad because, you know, obviously I didn't know the language. Um, I was just only 16 years old and I was like, I wanted to go so bad back to my country, back to Peru. Um, and um, it wasn't for my mother that kind of sort of said, look, you have two choices. You can stay here, you can go back. But if you go back, you never challenge yourself to do something different. I didn't, didn't really capture what she was saying at the moment. But at the end of the day, I was glad that I stayed because I was I just I was intimidated by the language. I was intimidated by the the culture that I didn't know what to do type of thing mentality because you know I kind of sort of already put so many negativities in my mind. You know, as a, as a young as a young guy, and I'm glad that I look back and say, look, Jesus, I'm I'm talking and having a podcast. <laughs> I I lost so much weight. I had two kids, and you know, so many things has happening into between that. But I'm grateful that I have made the choice to stay because I learned so much about the culture, about being in this country for 28 plus years. So 
is that is the fact that you know um, that I'm I'm very lucky that that I had somebody who would tell me, hey, you know, here is a little bit of advice, suggestion, and you move forward from that. Do you feel that you have now the power to be able to help that person say, I know you got this, but I tell you what, it's not gonna be easy. I can tell you, you see my before and after, but you know what? At the end of the day, here is my two takes. But what 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 will those two takes will be? Um, first, and to me, the most important thing is actually losing the weight is not the hard part. It's actually making that decision to do it. That's the hard part. And that is the only thing that you need to do to get where you want to be on this journey is you need to actually make that choice mm-hmm. and 100% wholeheartedly mean it. Because if yeah. you don't go into it 100%, you'll fail every time. Yes. It yes. literally is one choice. You make that choice and you stick to it and you will 100% get to where you want to be. That's all it is. It's making that one choice and it's completely attainable for anybody who wants it. And it's the hardest choice to make. But once you make it and you stick to it, mm-hmm. you'll get there. I mean, it may take time and it does take time. But at the end of the day, you'll get to where you want to be. Um, for anybody who is listening to this and I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of listening to a lot of uh, um, you know YouTubers um, books which would you suggest somebody to go ahead and check it out um, there is a YouTuber that I recently started watching during the quarantine I've been very much into vlogs because I don't get to see my friends it's kind of interesting to watch someone else's daily life because mine's getting a little boring But her name is Emma's Rectangle, and she actually, I think, lost 60 pounds a couple years back. So it's interesting to see someone who has lost the weight and who is, you know, pretty big on the platform, uh, maintaining, especially at a time like this. And she's uh, she's changed her workout routines, and she does a lot of healthy cook with me's, and she incorporates her workouts into her vlogs and things like that. So. It's nice to see someone who is in that maintenance phase and that they've been successful with it, especially during this quarantine. Yeah, so I'm glad that you mentioned it because a lot of YouTubers that are uh, putting a lot of information in regards of healthy choices, all the things you can do on this quarantine. And a lot of YouTubers that are being, trying to be very pro to be able to help people out. Um, and what, what was her name again on YouTube, right? This is YouTube, right? Yeah, it's okay. Emma's Rectangle. Rectangle. Well, this is awesome because, you know, what? one of the things that I like to recommend books, uh, whatever it takes to help you out to move on to that, you know, not being stuck to, you got to do a little bit of homework. When it comes down to that journey that you jump in and to say, okay, I want to know, know all about keto. I know I want to know about intermediate fasting. I want to know about OMAD. You have to do your homework because one of the things that's very frustrating is being on top of you and you don't want to do anything. Would you agree with him? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and this is one of the reasons why. Um, what would you say that when you're when you're giving information to somebody and we're we talking about audience and we're talking about YouTube right now that we're talking. Do you feel that we have our freedom of be able to connect with people because they have a choice? We all have choices. And I don't know if you have been watching, but a lot of YouTubers are been getting Uh, censoring or being censored 
by the WHO because and by YouTube because they're recommending people to do specific things to help the immune system to help them out by taking vitamin D or vitamin E by the end of the day do you feel that our freedom of speech or freedom of being able to say what we need to say as being getting cut up um I think I think when it comes to situations like this and when it comes to people's health the information needs to be taken with a grain of salt and I think that influencers you know on any platform need to be aware of their influence and you know the whole drink some Lysol thing I won't get into it exactly. but people need to be paying attention because there are 15 16 year olds and younger who are listening to them or people that just aren't educated or people that really value these influencers opinions they need to say hey this is what i'm doing you need to do what's best for you do your research with a medical professional especially if they're not a medical professional they can't be making those kind of suggestions exactly. you know like a nutritionist can obviously give a little bit more like maybe these types of foods will boost your immune system with the caveat that just because your immune system's boosted doesn't mean you should go into a crowded store without a mask on. So yeah. we need to be saying, okay, these things I think are helping me, but you also need to be taking these precautions and you also may need to consult a medical professional. Exactly. So in that way, I do understand that people may think freedom of speech is, you know, being censured or whatever it is, but at the same time, you're playing with people's lives and their health, especially in a pandemic like this. I think people are taking advantage of the situation and their influence, and we need to be more cognizant of what we're saying and things that we're putting out there that could potentially hurt or kill somebody. And absolutely true. This is one of the things that when it comes down to censorship and uh, be able to have the freedom of speech, I think that um, a lot of them are being taken out based upon the fact that are some of them they are being taken out based upon the fact they're trying to help people out uh, and that's the, a lot of them big big time influencers in regards to the information that's been given but at the same time yes we do have those, those kind that are <laughs> putting out this specific, thing, specific things that are just that just overall if you put a little bit of, of thinking and say okay wait a second this doesn't sound good at all but right so <laughs> Obviously, it's one of the things that, you know, is concerning. Um, I'm going to say, you know, uh, before we finish this podcast, I was going to say, where can people find you besides Instagram, Facebook? What are your links? Go ahead. Um, right now, the best way to get in contact with me would be Instagram. And it's just Nicole Alexandra Beauty. Um, people can also feel free to reach out to me on my personal Facebook, which would be Nicole Alexandra Hato. I'm actually working on a kind of comprehensive guide to starting keto uh, tips, tricks, maybe a little bit of workout um, advice, different kinds of foods, basically just kind of a how to get started because I've written a couple out for friends before. So I wanted to get something written down on paper. So that way, when people do reach out to me, I have something kind of set in stone that I can send to anybody that asks. So I'm working on that right now because um, I do. I have some friends that have started keto because of the results that I've had, mm -hmm. and with them we've kind of we've been able to grow together and learn together and get different tips and tricks. And I like to kind of you know note all those things so that the more people I have that are doing this with me or that are on this journey with me, that 
I can incorporate their experiences with mine and kind of pass all that knowledge down to somebody else. Um, do you have any particular uh, application you utilize when you do intermittent fasting or fasting? Um, I use Senza, which you can do a countdown clock on there too, but it also incorporates all net carbs. You can scan things on there. It actually has recipes. Um, you can look up specific websites and it'll have their recipes in there. So you don't have to input the ingredients and create your own recipe. Um, you can create your own recipe and save it on there to reuse it. So it's Senza, S-E-N-Z-A, and it is specifically for low carb and keto, but mm -hmm. you can customize it to your own personal net carbs, calories, uh, body fat, things like that. Best book that you actually follow, that actually you love to actually read when it comes down to your keto? Um, I actually haven't read any books on keto. I've done a lot of research. But I do have a cookbook that I absolutely love. Um, it's called the Southern Keto Cookbook that was gifted to me for Christmas. It is the best comfort food. I've made cornbread. I've made hush puppies. I've made blueberry pancakes, blueberry muffins, salt, uh, fruit pizza. It's absolutely wonderful. I think you can get it on Amazon. I think you can get it for your Kindle. Okay, okay. So that, this is, guys, this is one of the reasons why I like to interview people, all different types of people. Because everybody comes out with new ideas, new things that you guys can be able to implement towards your keto or intermittent or, or mat. And having a, le a healthy lifestyle means the world to me. For you to be able to be healthy. Remember, guys, health, your health is your greatest wealth. And I want to thank uh, Nicole. Nicole, thank you so much for coming to uh, the you know, Fasted Human podcast. And, um, and, uh, just want to say uh, from the bottom of my of my heart thank you for taking the time and I know that you know that you have a busy schedule and um, if I if you want to um, give um, another thing for anybody to connect with you once again you say it's Instagram yep Instagram Nicole Alexandra beauty okay and it seems like you love into your into beauty uh, makeup stuff like that oh yeah that's uh That was my second passion after fitness when uh, things kind of went south because I could still do that when I was injured. And so I learned a lot doing that and a lot of uh, YouTubing in my free time while I was injured. Well, look, you know, I, I you know, you guys be the judge uh, in regards of, um, you know, I don't know much of the beauty. My wife knew much, much, much stuff like that. But uh, I will tell you this much. And seeing this young lady and, and I just want to say, amazing and um, and once again thank you so much for coming into uh this thank podcast. you so much for having me i appreciate no, you reaching out no definitely because you know what i want people to 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 hear from you know uh, people that have gone through this process and i think that having a variety of of people doing whether it's keto or or whether it's um all the different type of diets is available out there that your results Um, and, and, and your hard work and, and all that process you have went through is paying off. And they just wanted to, you know, that implement to this and this podcast and be able to, you know, share with the world. Yep. And everything's different for everybody. Keto doesn't work for everybody. You just have to find what works for you and what makes it easy to stick with it and get to where you want to be. Exactly. Well, Nicole, thank you so much. And guys, we'll see you tomorrow. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye-bye.